Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn, and today more than ever before, companies, brands, and their partners need to stand for something beyond the bottom line. I've created this program to provide insights and ideas to share with you so that you can apply them to your work the very next day. The goal here is to up-level your purpose and to benefit companies and society. So please join us. My next guest has the title of Chief People and Purpose Officer. Thus, my expectations for my conversation with Michelle Parmalee, who holds that title for Deloitte Global, was very, very high. Well, Michelle did not disappoint. In our conversation, she talks not only about the purpose of Deloitte, but how it is at the center of the company how it drives how they work, how they behave with their employees, with their clients and their communities. And interestingly, this company, because they live their purpose and values so well, they have on an annual basis over 3 million applicants for less than 100,000 jobs. As Michelle says in our segment, we are our talent. Deloitte Global is a people business. Listen on to hear how they've created their purpose, how they live their purpose day in and day out with sincerity, with functionality, and with impact. Deloitte was founded in 1845. They're headquartered in London. They have locations in more than 150 countries and territories. In 2019, their revenue was $46 billion, and they have approximately over 310,000 employees around the globe. So welcome to the show, Michelle, and I can't wait to start our conversation. Thanks, Carol. So, Michelle, let's just start out. You have been at at Deloitte for over 20, almost 21 years, and you're part of a a unique group of leaders in the firm with a very, very special title. So can you start by talking about your journey at Deloitte? And then I would love to dive right into that title. And what does purpose mean to you and the company? Sure. Happy to. So. I, uh, as you said, I, I began at Deloitte in September of 1999, right out of business school. Like many of our partners, my career started in client service. I worked in consulting. I served financial services clients and in topics of strategy and uh, and operations. About uh, 10 years into that journey, I had an opportunity to uh, pursue an internal management role. And that led to helping, uh, having an important role in our consulting business, an important role with our board of directors of our, of our U.S. partnership. And then for the last five years, I've had the opportunity to have a leadership role in our 
global organization. And as you said, I currently hold the title of Chief uh, People and, and Purpose Officer. Who created that title? It's very, I think it's the only one I've ever heard. Yeah, well, it's interesting because in some ways, everyone could have the title, uh, could have purpose in their title because it's at the heart of everything uh, we do. You know, to be honest, I came up with the title myself. As I looked at at my responsibilities, I lead our, our brand and marketing organizations. I lead communications. I lead talent as well. I thought what they all strove to do was build our brand externally and internally with our people. And I thought the best summary of of the ultimate impact we were trying to have was on our people and and around our purpose uh, agenda. And I think it's important for uh, a person who is an executive leader in an organization to have visible responsibility, acknowledgement. That purpose is at the heart of our strategy. That purpose is brought to our executive leadership uh, table, which is what I do. If you could, for our listeners, explain the structure of Deloitte, because you've talked about being a collection of partnerships as well. Your role is seems to be glue that brings the creates the cohesion of the brand around the globe. I thought that, that's a great summary. Yeah, we are a collection of geography-based partnerships, but we have a global umbrella, if you will, that coordinates across those partnerships to to provide um, a consistent brand to the marketplace, a consistent experience to our people, and consistent uh, services and quality to our clients. I love the fact that your purpose is one of those golden threads that goes throughout the organization. So that's going to be the majority of our conversation today. I would like to congratulate you because Deloitte was named for the second year in a row by brand finance as the most valuable commercial services brand globally. And by a margin, you beat such well-known organizations and brands such as McKinsey, PwC, E-N-Y, Accenture, KPMG. So that's, uh, I hope you take that into your review with your boss, because that's really, really a great kudos. And also I saw in the list of all of the brands that you were near the top, even outside of your industry. So let's just go, why do you think you were named to that leadership position? Yeah, it's a good question. It's something, of course, that we are uh, that we are incredibly uh, proud of. The global CEO, Panit Ranjan, and I were very happy to accept that award in Davos uh, in person from Brand Finance uh, in January. You know, I, I think that, I, I, you know, we ask ourselves, how, how have we gotten here? How do we continue to stay in this position? It's certainly not something that we want to um, um, retract on. And we think it comes down to a consistency in our story of what we deliver to our clients and and the value proposition for our people. And I think it's the work that we've done to connect what we do to our purpose and how that benefits uh, greater society. And uh, we've seen a significant, we, we do our own brand research. We, of course, share that research with brand finance. That's part of the input into their, into their recognition. But we've been able to see an increased 
you know, connection, if you will, between Deloitte and uh, between the elements of societal impact that we want to be making. Let's talk about your purpose. Your purpose, simply stated, is to matter. So what does that mean for Deloitte to matter to its clients, its colleagues, its communities? Yeah, I mean, specifically, our, our purpose statement and how we describe our purpose is we say it's to make an impact that matters. And we say an impact that matters on the clients we serve, on the people who choose to work with us, and on the communities where we live and work. And we say that our purpose defines who we are and why we exist. And we say that our strategy changes over time. Our purpose remains constant. And so we talk about how do we live our purpose? And so we've defined uh, five shared values that articulate the different ways that we live our purpose. So the first one is lead the way. That we not only aim to lead our profession, the professional services profession, but to reinvent it for the future. And we are creating opportunities and leading the way to a better, stronger, and more sustainable world. So that speaks to the obligations we think we have uh, to, to our profession, to the world. The second one is serve with integrity, upholding the trust of our clients, of our regulators, and the public is the single most important responsibility we have, and it's the reason that we do what is right always, and it's incredibly important, if you will, to the audit side of our business, that trust, public trust component. The uh, third shared value is to take care of each other. So we look out for one another, and we prioritize respect and fairness and development and well-being. The fourth is to foster inclusion, that we are committed to empowering all people to grow and achieve, accelerating diversity and leadership, and building balance for better. And then finally, uh, we collaborate for measurable impact. So we approach our work with collaborative mindset. We team across businesses. We have five businesses. We team across geographies. We spoke about the number of geographies. We have 150 countries and skill sets. We team across skill sets to deliver tangible, measurable, attributable impact. Tangible measure to tangible impact to our communities, tangible impact to our clients that can be attributed to our assistance and that can be, that can be measured. And how did you develop your values? Because those are so well articulated and written, and they truly give directional guidance to your colleagues. I, I'm, I'm not so sure I've seen many written so well, and also they're very, very thoughtful and dimensional. It's interesting because we, uh, we recently refreshed our values, and we refreshed our values about a year ago. And what we did was we went out, we, we, had, we had some values written previously, but we said we're a bit of a different organization, a bit of different circumstances today. Do they mean as much as they did then as they do to us now? And we found that the common themes around integrity, around inclusion, that they, that they still resonated with us. But the concept of lead the way, for example, wasn't in there. And a lot of what we do, a lot of what we challenge ourselves, particularly on the purpose agenda, right, which is 
um, which is a challenging agenda on, on top of all that we're trying to do for our clients, is we always challenge us and say, we want to leave, don't we? We want to leave here. We want to do the right thing and we want to leave. So we added in the concept of lead the way. We added in how do we speak in a good, you know, in, in the right way about the impact we have on our clients. And we added in this idea of measurable impact. And so it was a very iterative process. We had focus groups, we had surveys, we had interviews with the leaders, we had draft upon draft because to get, as you know, to get to some, to get to something long and wordy is very easy. To get to something very concise yet impactful is what takes so much time. So it was a lot of iteration, a lot of discussion about at the heart, what do we mean by making impact that matters and how do we do that? And what does that mean for us today? So I don't expect we'll go through this exercise around shared values in the next 10 plus years, but it was important now because especially in the last five years, we've been coming together, we've been bringing our geographies closer than ever before, and we needed, we wanted this consistent view of our values globally. How long did it take? You said it took some time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, well, gosh, I would say it took the better part of a year. If you talk about starting the journey in terms of getting buy-in that we needed to evaluate this to getting to the final place where we were able to, um, to, to announce and launch them, it took about a year. And it was interesting because you share that we were founded in 1845 and we're celebrating our 175th anniversary. And it coincided with our internal launch of our 175th anniversary. And we were actually able to create and find stories, really great stories from throughout our 175 years of how we were living each of these values throughout that history, even though we hadn't articulated them at the time. And so it was an interesting check. It was also a great reinforcement that, again, these values are who we are and who we want to be. Was it planned to have the value introspection to then use at your 175th, or was that serendipity? It was serendipity. I'm a big anniversary freak. I love anniversaries as points in time to truly restate what you stand for. So kudos to you for doing that. And I love your storytelling. Regarding your storytelling, I know I've I've looked, and we're going to get into world class in a moment, but I see a lot of videos on your website, you know, truly well done, not overproduced, but, you know, they have a great um, emotion and authenticity to them. How did um, Deloitte get to be such a great storyteller? You know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think, I, I think that we, we talk about, you know, what our brand is. And, and, and the personality that we want to convey. And one of the elements of our brand personality is human. And so it's really important to us to personalize our stories of impact, you know, for, 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 again, for our clients, for our people, and certainly for society. And societal is, is impact is a, what a lot of the videos uh, that I think you've seen are. And the idea isn't about, as you say, kind of a high-tech production. We could even have high-tech production right now if we wanted to, but it's around the people and highlighting their impact. Because when what we always say is when we impact society, we not just impact society, we impact ourselves and we grow as individuals. And so we want to highlight the personal impact that we're having on people as well as the impact that's having our own people. So we try and make these videos very personal 
very honest, very compelling, authentic. And uh, we find that that content really, really resonates. I'm curious, do you have in-house production or do you use do you use somebody outside or others? We have in we have in-house production. So you talked about impacting your people. And so um, I was absolutely gobsmacked that you have had more than in a single year last year, over three million applicants. So you are doing a lot of things right. And I saw that you hired rough and tough around 90,000. So can you talk about, I've been talking about how purpose has the core of employee recruitment, retention, um, commitment, loyalty. Can you talk about how your purpose has truly been this incredible um, magnet for applications? Yeah, no, we're, 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 we're proud of those, of those numbers. Uh, we like to say that it's harder to get into Lloyd than one of the, than some of our top business schools. Uh, <laughs> and you went to HBS, yeah. so, you know, um, you know, but our, our talent strategy is, has been designed to bring purpose to life. So it's of course designed to attract and retain the best talent. You know, we are our talent. It focuses on the experience our, our professionals um, have, the learning and development that we provide, the well-being support that we give them, and the inclusive uh, environment uh, that we create. And we understand, and, and, and we might get to this, so I won't go into too much detail, but we do a millennial survey every year. And we, uh, and we know that 82% of our people are millennials and Gen Z. And it, it, and that strategy, not alone, but that, that research really helps inform our strategy of what's important. And so we know that it's, it's important to communicate our purpose in our recruitment materials, in our orientation materials, and how we talk about life at Deloitte. We know that our people not just want to be associated with an organization that has a purpose, but have an opportunity to live that purpose through the work they do with their clients, as well as through the work they do in their communities. And we also know that our best, um, that our best people, to keep our best people, they want continuous learning and development. That is incredibly important. We also know that they want diverse and inclusive cultures and to promote and, and businesses that promote flexibility and agile working. So we've baked all of these desires, if you will, into our talent strategy, into our, our talent priorities and programs. When you went to, it's a while ago, but when you went to HBS, did, was there ever any discussion about either talent or anything even related to purpose? Not a lot. So yeah, in my 20th uh, reunion last May, um, not a lot. I, you know, one, one of the things that, that struck me most was one, one of the first sessions when they, they got us all together, right, about 800 of us in the room, and they talked about the opportunity. And they said, you know, wherever you are in your career, you will always be associated with Harvard Business School. It will always be brought up in articles and bios, et cetera. And they talked to us about the importance of living that brand and what that means. And that always resonated with me. So they talked to us about it in that way. I, I remember some conversations we had that you could say, or we, we now kind of call that stakeholder capitalism, 
but I don't, but we really mm-hmm. didn't get as deep into it as you might think. I mean, it takes a general management approach, but that is typically in the traditional pillars of, of accounting and, and finance, you know, operations, et cetera. There, there wasn't so much, I would imagine, because that curriculum is constantly evolving, that there is, there is a lot more and that just general, you know, obligations of business expectations has evolved in line with that. So I'd expect it to be different now. Yeah, and I actually went to their entrepreneur program at HBS, um, but years before you did. And um, I was talking about purpose in those days, and they, I think people looked at me like I was a little bit weird. <laughs> but it's great that um, everything's evolving, and we actually got to write four cases for the business school and, and present them. So you're right that the evolution is constant. And Obviously, you know, brilliant, brilliant minds go through the school. Let's talk about, um, just pivot a bit to how you execute your purpose, especially your engagement with society. So can you talk about world class? Because that's a very impressive commitment that you have. Yeah. So, so world class is our global societal impact initiative. Uh, our aim, our ambition is to impact 50 million people by 2030. And the focus is on education, helping people develop job skills, improve educational outcomes, and create opportunities for those left behind in the fourth industrial revolution. And we measure our impact in terms of people. As of in in 2019, we had impacted in the first two years 4.7 million people. And the way that we can reach such large numbers of people is through partnering, right? I mean, all of purpose, all of impact requires collaboration, partnerships. And so we have established global partnerships. We've established country-based partnerships where we provide pro bono services, volunteering, and and funding to help these organizations further their missions. I'll I'll give you two examples of of geography-based partnerships in India. We're partnering with two organizations. They're called Pratham and Papa. And our aim through that partnership is to impact 10 million women and girls through education and skills development. In the United States, we have Right Step, which is a mentoring program and partnership. It prepares students for college, many of whom are first-generation college attendees. And on our website, you mentioned the videos. We have several videos that highlight these partnerships. And in the U.S., the video on the Right Step program, there is one woman in that video who says, I don't think I could have gotten into Columbia if it weren't for Deloitte. And that is just one of the most touching things uh, someone can say, because I think that is truly making a difference on someone. This is massive skilled volunteerism. Yes. And it's baked in. So how many of your um, employees um, are in, and this is also global. Yes. It's not just in the U.S. And so how many on an annual basis have the opportunity to be involved as their mentors? I mean, they're doing a lot of hands-on coaching. We've traditionally had an approach that is called Impact Day, where we would have all of our people around the world volunteer, make a difference in their communities in one day globally. And we've been in, we've been evolving that now, and we've now evolved it to impact every day. 
the idea being that that we know our people want to make an impact more than once a year. They want our support to make an impact more than once a year. And, and that's incredibly important too. So I would say that in some way, all of our people have an opportunity to volunteer. Uh, our people have an opportunity to put their hands up and ask to be part of a pro, pro bono project. Not every person would have that opportunity, but every person has an opportunity to understand what we're doing and to get in, and to ask to, um, to get involved. And certainly everyone has an, an opportunity to be a, a social entrepreneur and, and then and get support for what they're doing. And, you know, one of the partnerships that we have established globally is with an organization called One Young World, and they develop and inspire the next generation of leaders. And so we've brought the last few years, 50 Deloitte people who say, you don't have to quit your day job and be a social entrepreneur. There's so much you can do being associated with Deloitte to make an impact. You have so much resources behind you. And, 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 and the One Young World Summit just, just illustrates so many examples of people making impact in small and big ways. And we think it is about small and, uh, and big ways of impact. Do you get your clients involved in any part of either world class or impact every day? We do. I mean, we, we, get, we get our clients involved. We get, we call our alliance uh, partners involved. Frankly, we take ideas to them and they take ideas to us. So it's very... Uh, it's very mutual. And in fact, we see that as a way to uh, to build our relationships together, to strengthen those relationships. And, 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 and it's also because, and I, and I mentioned this before, we know we can't do this alone. We know we can't do this alone. And we also have ambition that goes broader than our four walls. And so, you know, one example, if you will, which is in its very early stages is that, you know, we have an ambition around climate. It, 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 it's public. We're putting together an even bigger ambition around climate. And part of our ambition is we need to, again, go beyond our four walls and we need to facilitate ecosystems that we can lead, again, think of lead the way that we can lead that can make a really meaningful difference around, uh, around carbon emissions. Only way we can have a meaningful uh, difference is if we work together with others. And it's a way to, again, strengthen relationships, the way to, for us to build eminence clients. And most importantly, it's a way that we can make a difference. I'd like to ask you about how are you helping your clients during COVID? Um, you know, you have a large consulting practice and obviously everyone's writing new rules. So I'm curious about how you're supporting your clients, your people and your communities. In the last several months, we've, we've very much had to quickly respond to, to, to COVID uh, on all three of those uh, dimensions. Uh, I, I can start, I can cover all three. I can start with uh, people. What we've said at the start is that we would take a, a people-first approach as we navigate this pandemic, as we navigate the economic uncertainty that's been uh, that, that is associated with it. And I think I've said this before, but Deloitte is, is our people, right? It's at the heart of, of uh, who we are. And so their safety, their well-being uh, has been our top priority. We were able to you know, immediately virtualize our business almost overnight in areas, you know, some of our business was already virtual. 
But in terms of some of our delivery centers, it was amazing how fast we were able to virtualize overnight. And not just on the physical standpoint, but on the emotional standpoint, we've taken a lot of care around well-being and making sure that people have the support they need. You know, we're running pulse surveys in many of our geographies, asking about our people's, you know, pulse, uh, their, their stress level, what are the drivers, do they have the flexibility they need? Do they have the tools and support they need? How are they feeling about the frequency of leadership communications? And it's been very interesting to see pretty consistent uh, results across across our geographies. And then we can we can create a plan around um, how to respond. And so we've been really pleased about um, about how we've been responding on 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 the people front, on the community level response. It's been amazing what our people have done in return. So we're, we're trying to support our people. Our people are very passionate about supporting their communities in these times. And you know, some examples are that you know we are a frequent, uh, we are quite a frequent traveler. We are not traveling right now. We have a lot of unused ticket credits. We have been donating those to airlines to to transport medical workers to hotspots to transport PPE, bring PPE into the country into the U.S., for example. Uh, we've been collaborating on medical solutions with clients. We've been working with our world-class partners that I was just talking about and helping them transition even more, think about how to transition to delivering on their mission in a virtual environment. And we've had a lot of employee-giving programs that our people have responded to uh, quite well. And you mentioned the videos we have on our, on our website. We've, we have about I want to say 10 of them now that feature individuals who have done something amazing in their communities. Ideas started on their own, it blossomed into something impactful to show, again, this everyday impact of our people. I'll give you one example. We had someone in Canada realize that frontline workers were very nervous about going to the grocery and potentially spreading uh, spreading uh, the disease, but they needed, of course, to buy groceries. So he created an app that would map volunteers to frontline workers to deliver their groceries. This picked up the, the amount of volunteers he got on one side and the amount of uh, frontline workers who, who use the help. So that's a great example. And then obviously, of course, you know, we are supporting our clients as they navigate on uh, this crisis as well. In the early days, just as we had to virtualize our business, we're helping them virtualize their business. We're, we're sharing you know, guidance and, and insights we created a hub on, on our Deloitte.com website, which, which collects our best insights for business. We have a lot of our content has been around the topic of resilient leadership, how leaders can navigate. And then we've also created a, a framework of recover, or res, I'm sorry, respond, recover, and thrive, because we know that geographies are different places uh, within those phases. Uh, hopefully most are now moving into the recover phase, but that, you know, that content is really topics that are most important or really associated with, with, with what phase uh, you think that you're in. Can, I'm just curious. We, we coined a term called smart generosity during COVID, which is that companies taking their core competencies, you know, not just money and even not just time, but even their ecosystem or supply chain and apply really creative solutions to COVID needs. And I'm curious if one situation, besides your matching idea, 
which was great. Anything else pop out to you that was like you were like, wow, our people are really, really, you know, rising to the challenge. We have we have another story of someone who is based in Spain and he began printing medical equipment, things, you know, protective masks on a 3D printer in his garage. And he started delivering them to hospitals and public servants. And when he told his team, his 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 fellow Deloitte colleagues what he was doing, they rallied behind him and raised money and they bought more printers and they were able to produce thousands of pieces of equipment that they could deliver to hospitals and people. So, and that's our, our core strength. It's the innovation, entrepreneurial kind of attitude of our, our people who want to make a difference. Curious about what you see. It's It's hard to know, but what will the role of purpose in organizations be in a new normal world, in a post-COVID world? Will it be stronger? Will it be different? Will it be an absolute requisite for organizations? I think that COVID-19 has further exposed, exacerbated, you could say, the, the inequalities we have in our world, the fragilities that we have in our world. And as we look to rebuild, to, to, to recover, uh, it's really a chance to address these challenges, these inequalities head on. I mean, I think what's been so interesting about the response to COVID is how quickly we can take massive change when we need to. And so I think that that has inspired people and shown us what we can do ourselves, what we can do working together as business and governments to make a difference. You know, I, I mentioned the millennial survey and, and I know we'll get to it, so I don't want to cramp myself, but one of the interesting things about the survey is, is, we, is the timeline we normally survey people is November, December, January. That was really pre-COVID. So we had to delay releasing the survey and do a pulse survey during COVID, because we figured all these impressions were going to change. And one of the things, while environment, for example, is incredibly important, one of the top issues that, that we, you know, that, that young generations are concerned about, what you found is in the, in the post or, or during COVID uh, pulse, there was optimism around climate, because again, they could see that change could happen. You know, you see the pictures of the, of the cleaner air without the cars on the streets. We're delivering our work to clients and we're not traveling and, and meeting with them in person uh, every day. So it's almost, as we talk about having this bigger ambition around climate, it's helped strengthen our case that we can do this. We can figure out how to be different, not just as individuals, but as a business and how, and how we work. So I think it, it strengthens our purpose. I think the expectations of business haven't been stronger. We know businesses have been under the microscope in terms of how we've responded to our communities and our people. A very rewarding part of the survey findings is that, our, is that millennials were generally pleased with businesses' actions with respect to their people. doesn't mean they don't still have high expectations. It doesn't mean they don't think that businesses aren't necessarily, you know, not fully delivering on their commitment to purpose. But in this specific situation, uh, they gave business good remarks for their responses. So I think that's important. It reinforces kind of what we've done and how we've approached kind of this purpose-led response to COVID. 
So, so since we're talking about the survey, I'd love you to talk further about it. Why was it started? When was it started? And, um, you know, some I know you, that was really great that you did the Pulse edition, really important. But any other areas of the survey you'd like to point out? So the 2020 uh, survey will be the ninth will be the ninth year. It'll be the third year that we've included Gen Z in addition, in addition to uh, millennials. And, you know, there, there's several uh, themes that we've had all along that we wanted to explore. We wanted to explore um, the connection between purpose and, uh, and, and decisions around loyalty to business purpose and, and, and decisions around perception of business within this within these generations, as well as the connection between purpose and decisions that millennials make as consumers. On those three things in particular, what we found, and we've found this consistently, is that you know loyalty is driven by young professionals seeing businesses you know living their purpose delivering on social impact, protecting the environment, bringing diversity inclusion to life, providing flexibility. And there, there is clearly a war on talent uh, still to this day. And, uh, and these things remain important. And our pulse shows that in terms of stakeholder capital, capitalism, unfortunately, in the year since we've been doing this survey, the percentage of, of millennials that indicate that they think business is doing the right thing, is committed to improving the world, is impacting society, has diminished each year. And, uh, you know, we think a lot of that has to do with just continuing to have a higher expectation of what we do and needing to see more demonstrable impact versus just putting it into words. And then also, and this is a newer Part of the survey, but what you find is that not only does does you know the connection with the business and purpose drive you know employee loyalty, it also drives the businesses that they want to do business with. They will start or stop relationships based on whether they believe the business and those products are making a positive impact on society. So it's been a tool that we've used to talk to our clients about how they might approach their talent strategy, but it also very much uh, informs our own. You have such knowledge now and you really understand the purpose drivers. Are you are your clients asking you for counseling, consulting regarding purpose and, and, and evolving their purpose or defining their purpose and then putting it into action? Absolutely, they are. Absolutely, they are. I mean, our clients are just as keenly aware uh, as we are of this of these changing expectations. Uh, for them, not just just to impact right their 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 end consumers, but their people uh, and their broader and their broader stakeholders. And I think that uh, they see the connection with with purpose and our brand, and it's a conversation that we have with them anywhere from you know diversity and inclusion to to learning and development to uh, you know to the environment, climate based services, sustainability services that we offer to our clients. So it is certainly something that that clients are interested in, and it's certainly something uh, that we use to begin to engage in conversations because it's often a kind of common connection point that we have. 
In terms of actions, because you're absolutely right that what we're seeing in our own research and for other for others, uh, one of our clients just fielded a survey that actions are absolutely expected. Um, and you talked about action in DNI and um, learning development, environmental services. Are there any? Are you seeing any themes in terms of the action areas or certain causes that can go deeper than what you just shared? We have our general themes of, as you said, diversity and inclusion. And if you go deeper into what that, what that means is you, have, you can have a theme around gender, diversity and inclusion. You can have a theme around LGBTQ, diversity and inclusion, around mental health, around disability, around you know, neurodiversity, cognitive neurodiversity. And so we see, and, and obviously diversity in regards to, to race and particularly un, unrepresented minorities. So you see different companies, different uh, even geographies within businesses that have, um, that have different priorities uh, in those areas, depending on where they think they are and what's most important. And so, you know, we've chosen certain pillars to focus on globally. Our geographies have, you know, um, you know, Sweep with that, if you will. I think in terms of, you know, climate, for example, we brought together kind of themes of how we can make an impact around climate. And the climate theme that we've chosen is what we call responsible climate choices. And we want to focus in on the cycle of take, make, and waste. And actually, 45% of carbon emissions are from take, make, and waste. The rest is from energy, uh, energy emissions. And so we wanted to focus on this theme for climate because it's something that not only can we work with our ecosystems, like I mentioned before, like with the hospitality sector to talk about food waste and food choices, but also our own people. And they're, again, their everyday impact, their everyday decisions they can make in their lives to reduce their impact. But certainly we understand that different sectors of our clients need to tackle climate uh, in different ways. What are the traits that you feel are absolutely critical for a chief people and purpose officer? And I ask because, you know, you weren't trained in this at HBS. You've been in an organization for years, and I bet there are individuals listening to this that say, I want your job in my organization. So what are the key traits to be a chief people and purpose officer? Wow, that's a great question. I, I guess the, the, the first one is, it's interesting, and I don't mean this in a bad way. Everyone has a view around purpose and people. Everyone has a passion around these topics. And so what you need to be able to do is you need to be able to listen really well and you need to be able to make choices, though, and define a strategy that's going to have an impact among the wealth of things you can be doing. And, and you make choices based on what you think are your core competencies as an organization. And then you need to build a coalition of support amongst all of those people because you can't deliver this on your own. Even as a leadership, a global leadership team, you can't deliver this on your own. So you need to have a, uh, a coalition built. I think you also need to be um, need to be vulnerable and to personalize the agenda 
personalize it to, to yourself, to personalize it to people who might not understand and agree with what we are what what we might be focusing on. Because there are times where, especially now, we're having to make very difficult decisions given the uncertainty of the economy, tough decisions. And and people ask, is is this really still a priority? Is is climate as big of a priority as it was five months ago? Is, you know, is expanding our world-class program as big of a priority as it was? So you kind of have to have this, this continued passion and this ability to really, you know, lay it out there and, and communicate well and be vulnerable about why these things are important and share and share what you're hearing. And, um, and again, I think you also just need to not only listen, but also be willing to take, uh, to take feedback because these are, you know, some of these things are complicated topics. Some of these things are, you know, these areas are innovating, learning and development is an area of a lot of innovation. So you need to be willing to take feedback, to adjust course, to adopt to new ways of doing things at the same time to make sure, again, that you're cutting edge, that you're that you're leading the way. You know, I usually say, what are the three core insights you'd like to share with our listeners? But I think when I asked you about the traits your position, you answered most of that question. But is there anything else, Michelle, that you would like to share with others um, in the purpose arena um, that is an insight that has just truly uh, supported you um, in your uh, your journey? I'll say it again. I mean, I, I think we I think we covered it. I mean, we spent so much time um, defining our purpose statement to make an impact that matters, defining the five shared values that I that I reviewed to you and words are incredibly important, but it is the action. It's how you make it come to life for your people because they want to experience that. It's amazing how our people want to make a difference. It's always thinking about that, bringing it back to the impact. People, your clients, and your communities. I'm thrilled to be interviewing uh, the Chief People and Purpose Officer for Deloitte because you have, in this less than an hour, really articulated how purpose can be at the center of a business and how it is absolutely critical, not only strategic, but critical to thread all the components of the business together so your people, because you're a people business, are just thriving and that they are hitting on all cylinders. So in closing, is there one last thing you'd like to share? It could be anything um, related to purpose or your job or the future of purpose? The future of purpose is, is that it is going to continue to be just as important, if not more important, to everything, everything that we do. And the definition of purpose will, will and the expectations around it will continue to be broadened. So I think it's it's an incredibly relevant thing for everyone to be thinking about and challenging. 